What's up, guys? We're back with another episode of Unhinged with the iconic and amazing Sarah Larson Levy. Not only is she a very good friender, friender. Not only is she a very good friend of mine, she is the founder of the elite boutique yoga studio Y7. They've newly relaunched their digital platform, which we'll get into later. Uh, I was a fan of her classes, which is actually, I think, how we became friends. The first time we hung out, hung out, was at an event at one of the studios with Ray and Marta and Mm -hmm. Outdoor Voices, and we ate pizza. Yeah, I was a fan. It was incredible. Yeah, I love it. She's also the mother to the gorgeous, stunning, adorable Lila and Lee, who we'll get into more of that later. (laughs) Motherhood, entrepreneurship, survival instincts, surviving. It's it's all about survival right now. (laughs) You've been like one of my sources of like emergency contact for like, what does this mean? What do I do? Listen, I, I am so here for you. And that it's like, it's, we were, we were trying to save, I know we were trying to save like all of our conversation for when we started recording, but like, Mm -hmm. it's incredible how much like neither you or I knew about the body, like what even was happening with our bodies. Mm -hmm. And now like just having two kids, I feel like I'm some sort of expert and I'm certainly not, but I do have experience, which I'm like so happy to share because I learned so much um, about how to, you know, just prepare the body and also like hopefully make things a little bit easier, like throughout childbirth and recovery. Yeah. And and you've also been very like candid with your entire pregnancy journey in terms of sharing like the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Post the pre. Yeah. I mean, I think I like, I sit in a funny space that I know you can relate to because I had two miscarriages before Lee and had a great pregnancy with Lee, um, but had a hard time getting pregnant with Lila. We actually ended up doing IUI um, to get pregnant with her. What is that for those who... So IUI is basically like artificial insemination, so to speak. They, um, you go in, they give your, they do a follicle count, um, and they track your, um, ovulation cycle. And when your follicles are about to mature, they give you a trigger shot, which is similar to what you would do. Um, if you were freezing your eggs or going through IVF, it's just a single trigger shot. And then you and your partner go into the doctor next day. He goes into a room, does his thing, leaves a sample and they put a catheter into your uterus and shoot it right in so it's basically like direct hit I was just about to ask like the success rate for that something like that is so it depends yeah it depends I a lot of people go through that first step before doing um IVF I was very fortunate that I had a really great follicle count and Um, you know, there were no other sort of indications that there would be trouble getting pregnant. So, um, IUI worked really, really well for us. Um, so we did IUI with her. Um, but you know, I think that what's really interesting is after having both kids, I did go through, um, postpartum with both. 
um, which was really difficult. And it's hard to kind of be open about it because especially being open about my miscarriages and kind of the struggle to get pregnant. It's like, you should just be grateful you have a baby. Mm -hmm. And I am. And I'm also this other thing. And it's this idea of you can be two things at once. You can be absolutely tired, exhausted, so sick of waking up six times a night to feed your baby. Your body hurts. And you can also love this little thing so, so much that you want nothing more. But you're allowed to be both. But what we see so much in, you know, in the media and especially so social media are these like, you know, beautiful photos, these amazing moments, clean houses, clean hair, showered, mm-hmm. um, you know, moms doing newborn shoots like in their jeans, mm-hmm. like a week after like a day later. <laughs> yeah, like certain like we have never done a newborn shoot. If you think I'm getting in front mm-hmm. of the camera at that point, like absolutely not. Things are falling out of my body. Like, no, thank you. So I think it's really, I've always tried to be as honest as I can about it because I think it's important for people to know that they don't have to immediately like be this constantly happy ball of sunshine that is just a hundred percent dedicated to her baby all of a sudden and like is nothing else. There's also a new set of pressure I'm now realizing as I like begin my journey into the world of like mother's groups and like Reddit forums and stuff like that, because it's such a competitive space. It's like my kid's crawling now, my kid's walking now, my kid, like, I was like, wow, this just like never ends. Like it starts with the pregnancy on like, am I like doing a good job with the, you know, like, am I doing this enough? Am I doing that enough? Am I eating the right foods? Am I like, you know, doing the right things. And then it just basically goes on until the end of time is what I'm realizing. Truly the end of time. And I had a point, we're going through this now with Lee because he is, he will be three in June. He is nowhere near ready to be potty trained. This kid will sit in a dirty diaper (laughs) For hours. He's like, I'd rather keep playing. He's like, I'm He's like, did like, you poop? I'm He's happy. like, I'm like, did you poop? He literally looks at me and goes, No. I'm like, I literally I can smell it. Let me check oh your my diaper. God, no. And he's like, I didn't poop. I was like, Well, you're wrong. You pooped. And I'm like, you pooped, but you know, a lot of people like I wonder like, what you it know, is. There's... Is it does he just not want the fun to stop? He doesn't want the fun to stop. Both I of my kids love are that party about animals. <laughs> and he's like doesn't want to stop playing to the point where I have to be like, all right, I will change you standing up. Here's your cars. You keep playing with them. I'm just going to do this thing behind you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you, and by the way, like going to the bathroom takes like, I mean, it's not going to take like forever. Like you can go back playing when you're done. Like, don't worry mm-hmm. about it, man. But it's so funny because we have so many friends whose kids are potty trained or who are like starting or in like underwear and things like that. And for a minute I was like, oh my God, is there something like wrong with him? Like, is it us? Like, are we bad Mm -hmm. parents? Have we like not prepared him emotionally and mentally for like potty training? And the reality is, is like every kid is different. And with boys, like, it's like, there is like historical, like it, they're just, they take longer to potty train and it's okay. And also if you start too early, then it's going to start, it's going to give them a complex. Like, so there's all these factors that you don't think about mm-hmm. when you're and but now that we're going through it I'm like when he's ready like it's not like he's taking his diaper off 
You know, there are yeah. some kids his age who like take their diaper off and there's poop all over the crib. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, sh- shit, literally, we have like, to potty train that. Shit. Like <laughs> literally shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do that. He doesn't take off his diaper. He's not like pulling off his pants. So until he shows us that he's ready, I'm going to kind of let him decide. And I also feel like he's on his own timeline. Like, yeah, like we all are. kindergarten. Yeah, like also mm-hmm. like you go to kindergarten, you poop your pants once, like I'm pretty sure you're not going to do it again because everyone's well, going to be like that's what the part the? that terrifies <laughs> me is the interim part before they have to go somewhere and then like you get support with the teaching and the learning. Yeah. Because it's like the beginning part where you're solely responsible. I'm like am I equipped to do this? Am I equipped to give somebody life skills? That that like terrifies me more than anything, more than labor, more than sleep training. Like that is the because that's like what they take for life. Yeah. And that's why we've like taken this stance of like, all right, we'll let him let us know when like he's ready and like he he has a little like play toilet, you know, it has like a flusher, so he's not scared to flush it. He follows me into the bathroom and like wants to watch me go to the bathroom. So he like knows like what it is. He's just not ready to do it himself yet. So, and he like watches his classmates do it and he'll like sit on the toilet. He's like so funny. He um, will like ask him if he wants to sit on the toilet and he sometimes he'll say yes, sometimes he'll say no. He said yes the other day. And I was like, do you have to pee? He literally took two fingers, pushed his penis down and goes, mm. I was like, well, that's not how it works. I was like, you have to actually go. Like you can't. <laughs> I was like, I was like, but I get what you're trying to do and like you're on the right path. Oh man. But it was it was sweet. And it's, you know, they're all gonna be ready in their own time. So in that way, like the milestones are just like benchmarks, right? And I think they do it to I understand why they're there because if your baby's not doing something and there is something wrong, you want to figure it out sooner rather than later. Right. But sometimes, you know, someone's just slow or not ready or you know, I, I don't know. Like we, Lee, what I know now from the pediatrician is that every kid go, can go like one of two ways. They can either go physical first, like physical development first, um, or verbal development first. Lee went verbal. So he's very, very verbal. He's been talking like, um, he's he started talking really, really early, like putting like sentences together early, but he's not like a climber. He's a little bit like on the play structure. He like holds himself back a little bit. He like wants a lot more help. Like he, so, you know, I think you just have to let them be, but like, it is like, it's really hard to see other like kids or parents be like, am I fucking doing this right? What is the dynamic with him and Lila? So (laughs) Lee is a very strong personality and we were very worried because he was a COVID baby. So we had him in June of 2020 and we had him in Michigan where Mason and I, my husband both grew up and we were living with my parents. So it was literally four adults to one child. He always had one of us with him, whatever he wanted. He's like the first grandchild. So like my parents were like, yeah, Yeah, like there was no one else to pay attention to but him and we were really worried that he was going to have a hard time so we did a lot of prep of like as soon as I was pregnant I was like there is a baby in here and she's going to come out one day I'm going to get really big and she's going to come out and then she's going to live outside 
Mm-hmm. And we got him a baby doll and like a little stroller. Oh so he God. started to understand how to like be gentle with this baby doll and like don't throw her on the floor because like don't <laughs> you know smack her in the face. Like don't cover her mouth with a blanket. Like yeah. don't smother the baby <laughs> kind of thing. So and he's we are pleasantly surprised. And I don't know if any of this stuff had anything to do with that, but we are very pleasantly surprised that he is so wonderful with her he loves her he especially now that she's like her she's a little bit more alert like she'll be sitting in like her bouncer and this morning when lee was having breakfast he like wanted to sit next to her and i was like okay and then he like wants to like hold her hand but then there's the other times where he wants you know the full attention on him he wants me or mason to play with him and he's like he will literally look at me dead ass in the face and go put her in the snoo He's like, put her away. He goes, put her wow. in the snoo. I'm like, okay. Um, it's not time for her to take a nap or go to sleep yet, but noted. I was like, I can put her somewhere else. <laughs> like, we can put her in a swing. <laughs> but he's like, no, put her in the snoo. I'm like, wow. Okay. It's nice that he can articulate, though, when he feels like he needs that from you versus being resent you know resentment bring yeah up or and that's that like and that's where I'm like yeah and that's where I'm grateful he's like verbal because we've worked Mm -hmm. very hard to be like it's okay if you're pissed like I get it if you're mad I get it it's Mm -hmm. okay but like tell us so we know and not all of them can but I think we have a good amount of distance between them they have, there's like ex- almost exactly two and a half years between them. So he's able, he was at the point where he was able to express himself a little better. But kids, man, they're wild. And so how did you, in the midst of like COVID, you're having a baby, you're running a, like, a, not even the word chain, but like, you know, multiple successful studio spaces that rely on like physical presence there's a global shutdown. You're living in one of the most expensive cities in the world. Like, let's talk about that a little bit because then you go on and you have another baby and you revamp the business, which is like iconic and amazing. I don't like, I'd love to know more about that. And I'm sure everyone else would too. Yeah. So March, mid-March 2020, we were, I had we were like on top of the world in terms of where our business was. We, I had an executive team that was going to take me from 14 studios to 50. Like this was the team I had in place. They were so capable, so passionate, so smart, so driven, um, and still are. Um, but you know, they're no longer part of my team. Um, we had just opened Chicago two days prior to like this massive, like global shutdown. We were sold out in Chicago. Like all of our classes were booked for a month out solid with like 10 person wait lists. We had 11 studios in New York, two in Los Angeles. um, And we were gearing up to open two more in Chicago, um, another one in LA and look at either DC or Philly um, for another new market. And everything just completely changed. Um, Everything shut down. And it was terrifying. This was March 2020. This was when we were wiping down groceries, wearing like 
rubber glove, like not mm-hmm. knowing you couldn't the get hygiene. any food in this city. We were like, what's yeah. going on? People were saying like, there were like weird rumors flying around the internet that like they were going to close like the bridges and tunnels to like mm-hmm. Manhattan because like they wanted to like contain it. Like it was like some kind of like post-apocalyptic movie. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? And, you know, when de Blasio closed the public schools, I was like, businesses are next. They immediately shut everything else down. Mason and I looked at each other. We lived in, you know, a really, a huge multi-unit, um, multi-level apartment building um, and had two dogs. And I was like, I'm pregnant. Like, I'm not going outside anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it put a lot on Mason to like, just literally do everything and they weren't taking doctors like doctors were like we're not taking oh, anyone man. like everything's virtual i'm 7 months pregnant i was like oh we got we got to we got to go yeah um we rented a car one way hopped hopped in a van monday march 16th and pat i packed stuff for like 3 weeks i was like this is like let's just get out of here for 3 weeks works mm-hmm. closed like it's fine we'll come back when everything's fine yeah and we drove back to Michigan. It's like an eight-hour drive. Drove back doing to Michigan. That, I just have to say, doing that seven months pregnant, how many toilet stops do you think you took? <laughs> 30. You have no idea. I looked at Mason. I was like, I peed before. And because I was so <laughs> terrified of having to go into like a public restroom, yeah, I looked at my God. at the time, no one was letting you use them. They're like, sorry, it's closed. No You're like, no. Like, I have I, to pee. <laughs> like, this you is not. You don't understand. <laughs> not an option. I literally went on basically like a water. Like, I did not drink water the entire car ride. I was oh like, God. I'm just going to be dehydrated for an hour. I was like, because I, or for this day, because I, I don't want to have to stop. Like, I just want to go. And I did have to stop a couple times. And it was like, fine. I had like the gloves and it, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing. Um, we made it work. We made it work. And, you know, I, long story, like short, we ended up, I had a date, like Mason looked at me, he was like, what's the last date? Like we can leave to Michigan to go back to New York. I was like, Mm -hmm. if we're not like in the car on the road by May 15th, my due date was June 11th. Mm -hmm. I was like, we can't go. Like we're going to have to have this baby in Michigan. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I was, I'm very, very grateful that, um, a lot of my friends who I grew up with still live in Michigan where we grew up and, um, have multiple kids. So I was able to get into my best friend's doctor. Like he took me right away. He was able to, they were seeing people in person still, which was incredible. We ended up having like a beautiful birth experience. Like the doctor like laughed at me because I asked because in New York and LA, like to get a private recovery room, you you gotta pay a little extra. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, I was like, sir, how much is it for? Is I want to be able to. Res- sweet. Yeah, I was like, I want to be able to reserve a private room. And he looked at me. He was like, What do you mean? I was like, Well, after I have the baby, I just want it to be like mm-hmm. me and Mason. And he was like, Well, I'm gonna have to come in, and so are nurses. And I was like, Well, yeah, of course, but I don't want anyone else to be in there. And he goes, why would anyone else be there? And I was like, oh, so everyone has their own room? He was like, yeah. And every room like, has a window? <laughs> I was like, and it's not oh, a sheet divider? Yeah, correct. I was like, 
oh, never mind then. Everything's fine. Just <laughs> no, you try to like, drop your credit card down. You're like, what do I have to pay? I was like, take my money. This is so important to me. Nope. So wow. we ended up having a really, Michigan really, Michigan won everywhere like, else, do I? I know, right? Mm-hmm. And so we ended up having like a beautiful, like I had a beautiful experience delivering Lee. Um, and New York and everything like LA, the studios like just didn't end up reopening. Like we didn't end up reopening the studios till late summer, 2021. Um, what was that that experience like for you as a business owner who was like responsible for, you know, all these spaces, paying rent teams of people. It was and a new mom. Like, it was emotionally one of the hardest periods of my life in the way that, you know, when, and I'm very, very fortunate that we had such an incredible, like my people and like finance team, my, my team, like I said, was, is just, they're, they're made up of just some of the most brilliant women that I've ever known. And, um, Stephanie, who was our, um, COO at the time, just like, I swear to God, she's like, she is like a finance predictor. She was like, this is going to last two years. She was like, we're not furloughing anyone. We are letting everybody go right now. So everyone can get on unemployment right away. Mm -hmm. And she goes in, you know what? If we're open in like six months, great. I was like six months. I was like six weeks. She was like, absolutely not. She was like, but I'll let you think that. And so I was really grateful to her for like, you know, bringing that up and helping me, you know, make that decision. So we actually, aside from like, you know, my executive team, we let everybody go right away, which enabled us to give every single employee on my team, part-time cleaning staff, all the way up to teachers, to studio managers. We were able to give everybody severance and we were able to get everybody on unemployment right away. So there was like so much, you know, when people were furloughed and then there was no money to give them for a severance and yeah. they couldn't get on unemployment because the government mm-hmm. was overworked. And so we were you able to do that quick. for our team. That's yeah. We were, you know, amazing. and like, again, it's like really easy to like rehire, right? It's not like your job is going away if we reopen. Um, And I'm so glad we were able to do that because it felt, you know, at least there was something that they were able to have that we were able to give them, Um, you know, but it was, it was really emotional. So you know, our entire business was based on an in-person experience Mm -hmm. that we couldn't deliver. And that is really difficult to deliver digitally, frankly. I can't force, you know, the at-home practitioner to turn off their lights, to turn up their heat, to light a candle, to cover all the mirrors, to turn the music up. Like, I can't make people do that. Um, So, especially for us. For those of you maybe who have never taken a class before, it's like, the wise of an experience and speaking as like a fan of the brand before I even met you, it really was designed for people who did not like to work out. Like I am not a yeah. person and yeah, you would go into the room and the music would be great. It'd be dark. There's no mirrors. So you're not like looking at yourself being like, am I doing this pose right? Like the girl in front of me is more flexible than I am. Like, am I going to fall over? It's like, it was so based on a physical experience that yeah it really was like it's yeah it's it was I sat with it for a long time and I was like it's impossible to try to recreate this you know in early days of the pandemic it was like 
it's just as good as in studio. All these other studios mm-hmm. are coming out with like Zoom and all stuff. It's like, this is just, it's, we're going to make it the same. And like, I'm sorry, there is, I can have drinks over the computer with people. That shit's not the same as going to a real happy hour. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, no, it's not. And how is the and- pressure of like pivoting? Because I noticed that everyone pivoted fast and there was this like unrealistic pressure yeah. to be like, pivot to digital straight away, pivot to online sets, pivot to yeah. like digital training, pivot to like, yeah. it's like, okay, but is this ex- like, is this experience conducive to like what we're trying to like do here or are we just pivoting to pivot? Yeah. And that's what we really, that's what I sat with for the first like month of this. I was like, all right, we have to do something because our community wants to stay involved. Our teachers want to stay like teaching and we don't want to lose that connection. Right. So we decided that we were going to pivot to digital, like offer digital experience, but we were not going to try to make it just as good as the in-person experience. We were not going to do that. So we quickly sent up a Vimeo page. Roxy was my CMO at the time. Like, I mean, I don't know how she did this. She got the whole thing up in like two weeks and just like crushed it. Um, we had people like going into the studio, like by themselves with like a tripod and like oh we God. bought a fancy camera. We were like, press record and just like go. And we did that for the remainder of, you know, 2020 and well into 2021. And it was fine. But I knew that once we got data and learnings from, you know, Vimeo that I didn't. And at that point, too, so much was, you know, we didn't know when we were opening, what was going on, things like that. Um, The majority of my time was focused on getting out of leases early, what locations we were closing. um, And And these are leases in expensive cities. Like we're not talking. We're talking like yeah, yeah. so hard downtown New York leases and these are leases that like I don't and I re- I guess I like people don't really realize like what a commercial lease entails but these are leases that are like $25,000 a month oh my god like this isn't like you know a, an expensive a apartment yeah mm-hmm. yeah like you know these aren't like you know even like $10,000 spaces these are like this is like hefty money so for us to end those leases early it's a lot of cash Um, so I, most of my time was spent doing that and, um, you know, figuring out like what we were going to do with the business, how much cash we had in the bank. Um, we went 18 straight months with zero revenue and just money going out the door because we're paying these landlords to get the leases. We're, um, you know, paying good faith payments to stay in the locations we decided to keep. I still had a small team, so I'm still trying to pay them and like figure out ways. Um, and you're a new parent, like. And I had a baby. Yeah, so that was fun. I was like, Just cool, this is great. This is great. Um, but you know, I didn't want our our digital platform to be a band aid, mm-hmm. which I felt like a lot of people got. You know, they started doing Zoom. We never did Zoom. I was like, we're gonna do this. Let's do it and have it like look nice and like a brand which is what we are. And like, you know, it's not gonna be perfect, but at least it's, you know, a step above that. And, you know, people did what they had to do, but that's the choice that we made. Um, And after about, I would say like nine, 10 months of really getting learnings from digital, like what people wanted, what people were gravitating towards, 
we made the decision to really build out a fully functioning digital platform that had a lot more capabilities that our clients were craving. Um, so for a little like context, what happens when you have a Vimeo platform or a third party um, that you're working with like that, you actually have to leave the like website you're on and open it in their browser. You need a separate login. You need a whole new thing. It's like, which is fine, but it's kind of a pain in the ass for the client. So when we started to reopen, we had clients who had their, you know, mind body accounts, but had to have a whole separate thing for digital. And then they had to open a separate media player to play the playlist. We couldn't sync the music because um, a lot of these video platforms don't have music licensing because it's very, very expensive. So we went through a lot of these like pain points. We're like, all right, we can't make it dark. We can't make it hot at home. <laughs> and those are two of our three pillars. And so music became our main focus. So um, we started in, I would say probably, oh my gosh, like summer 2021, talking to um, several of the music labels. Um, we formed a really great relationship with Universal. Um, and it took about a year to get everything like finalized and done. Um, and now, um, and in just in this past December, we launched the new Y7 Online, which has fully integrated and synced music licensing um, with Universal Music Artists and all of their sub-labels um, and partners, and which makes us the first Yoga Forward platform to have such capability, which we're super proud of. They've been incredible to work with. They're really big believers in the brand. They um, actually became small equity partners um, in the That's business, incredible. which we're, yeah, we're really, really proud of it. So stay tuned later this year. We're cooking up a lot of really fun, like artist partnerships um, with a lot of their up and coming artists. So um, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff we're working on on that end. But it was important for us to have that and to spend the time and the money to make it worthwhile. Something that I noticed over, you know, since a lot of studios did pivot to digital was this mm -hmm. idea that I don't think it's going to be one or the other anymore, right? I don't think yeah. people are only going to be going to physical studios. I don't think people are going to be solely be doing digital. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be both. And I look at, you know, I just had a baby. You're pregnant. Right now is not the best time for you to go to Y7. Mm-hmm. So exactly. in thinking about the different phases that people go through in their lives, I want to be able to be there for you, mm -hmm. whatever phase you're in. So now with Y7 Online, there is a Y7 offering for you. You can flow hard at home. You right. don't have yeah. to go. You, you can modify. Yeah, you can modify things. You can have props. You can do the things that we don't necessarily do in studio because of that specific experience. And then as you enter into motherhood mm -hmm. and after birth, you might want to only have time to go to the studio once a week, but you still want to practice. So you take those 30-minute, 20-minute classes where you can get a really great quick flow and with a great playlist, and you can still get the Y7 that you want out of it. So we developed a hybrid membership, which is um, access to the digital platform along with four classes a month which makes it really seamless. So you can log into a, it's a single sign in platform. You can see your digital history, your physical class history, all of your credits, everything is in one place. We wanted to make it really, really user-friendly.
Okay, guys. So we've all been stuck in that workout class where the music is just not hitting. And as a DJ, it is my civic duty to put you guys onto fabulous workouts with great music. So I love to break the news that Y7 Studio have just launched the new digital at-home platform in an exclusive partnership with Universal Music Group. And you know what that means. We can say goodbye to royalty-free loops on repeat. Thank God for that. With the best workouts set to all of our favorite songs, you can find this new offering at y7-studio.com. Unhinged customers get 25% off your first three months of this new monthly digital subscription. You can use the word unhinged, one word, at their website. The link is also in our episode bio down below. $15 a month, guys. That's the cost of too much lattes these days. It's a steal. Fabulous teachers, hundreds of new classes added each month. What the bloody hell are you waiting for? Okay, so I want to talk about like being in the midst of like essentially relaunching, re-strategizing, rebranding, and then coming into post like your new wave of like postpartum, which you touched on earlier. Yeah, I it's really hard, I think, you know, and you have a way larger internet presence than I do. It's hard to be a founder and a face and have a personality when and there's expectations that come with it, right? right? It's we expect you to entertain us, to provide us with good content, to be like a positive like boss and leader. And sometimes it's like, well fuck. Especially in like these wellness, like yoga, namaste places where it's like, it's almost like toxic positivity. Yeah. And I, it's, I think the yoga industry specifically is like really, really interesting when it comes to that, right? Where, you know, one of the reasons I started Y7 was because I felt so unwelcome in yoga spaces that I was going to. I didn't know enough. I didn't know the teacher. I didn't go to enough classes. I wasn't wearing the right clothes. I, all of these things. And I was like, I just want to move my body and just want everyone to like, let me like get comfortable and acclimate myself. And, you know, there's, there's so much judgment about doing wellness the right way. And like, listen, Sometimes I need to scream into the fucking abyss, have a giant fucking glass of wine, and lay down. <laughs> and, and that is swear, what my self-care practice and like, is. And, and that, that is what it is for today. And I'm going to hand my baby to somebody else because I've been listening to it cry, and my nerves are frayed, and I can't be a patient, kind, loving human being at all right now because I have nothing left. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a conversation that we don't have enough where people talk about self-care. It's like, you should take time for yourself to get a massage. I'm like, I don't want to get a massage. I want to shut myself in a dark fucking room and take a goddamn nap. And I want to sit on my phone <laughs> uninterrupted <laughs> and I want everyone to leave me alone. <laughs> um, and that is, to me, that's something we don't, we don't, as a society, talk about enough are those like dark moments that everybody has. It's it's so funny. I, I started kind of posting a little bit like in the depths of my like pain, which is like the three that like 3 a.m. feed where mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to feed you and I just want you to go back down to sleep. Like just 
eat and go back to bed. Do you have any tips for sleep training as someone who's about to embark on a glorious <sighs> journey myself? <laughs> I I have two children who don't sleep. So mm-hmm. I, that's actually a lie. Lee did not sleep until 16 weeks when we started sleep training him. And Are you exclusively breastfeeding? No. So yeah. I breastfed Lee for four months. I never had a great supply. He was always starving. He was a big boy. Um, so I was always supplementing him with formula from the beginning. And with Lila, honestly, I breastfed her, what her for a month. What formula should I use, by the way? Oh, I think we use... I'm going to go to. Yeah. yeah. So we use... And we talked about this. Like, I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of, like, give your baby a bottle right away. Yeah. So other people can help you feed. Right. Because I have a friend, Sarah, who she's got to go back to work next week. And her four-month-old will not take a bottle. She has tried a dozen bottles, will not take one. And she's like, how the fuck am I supposed to go back to work? Hey, listen, if I was getting a boob too, I would not pivot to the bottle. (laughs) So Yeah, Yeah, right? Like, I get it. I get it. There's like airflow that that you have to deal with. There's so many reasons too, because even I have friends who are like, the fullness of the formula sustains the baby for longer at night. So it's like, You know, there are so many factors in play, which like I had never even thought about all these things. Yeah. And like, you know, the formula, like it's the same every time your breast Mm -hmm. milk, it changes with what you eat. Um, If you, you know, if the baby does, apparently like my mom told me this, she was like, Mm -hmm. every time I eat broccoli, she goes, you would be so upset. You'd have the worst gas ever. And I was like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> She's like, so I just stopped eating it. But you don't know yeah. if the baby's going to have like a lactose mm-hmm. intolerance or any yeah. sort of like, you know, a leafy green. They just like don't like when they're like, I don't know. So it's so different. So I think the formula is nice because you do get that consistency, right? Um, and you always know what they're getting. So, and their body knows too. So I, we actually use Bobby. Okay. Um, I was thinking love. Bobby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love Bobby. Um, and but a lot of people love hip or holly as well. Yeah. For me, like Bobby's American and those are European, correct? Yes. So yeah. Bobby is an American made European style formula, mm-hmm. which basically means it has less ingredients, it's um more natural, it doesn't like it doesn't have as many like it's just I think better quality in terms of what you want to give your baby. I and many people I know have used hip and holly and the European formulas with absolutely no problem. I think I personally, and this is a complete personal thing, get a little nervous because the supply chain is so unpredictable mm-hmm. that like, yeah. what if I can't get it? What if it's sitting in a warehouse for two weeks? And like, yeah. I just, I don't know what's happening with it. Wow, you took when, the words but, right out of my mouth. I was just about yeah, to like, say, that's my hesitancy with, even like now with, you know, being like pre- preparing to go into labor, they're like, by the way, all COVID like regulations are back because we've had a resurgence. And I and I was like, oh my God, like, is this going to start again? They're like, you have to deliver in a mask, you have to this, that. And I'm like, okay, is this like going to, because, you know, it was so impactful on mothers at the time. There was a formula, yeah. shows, there was this, there was that, like the trickle down yeah. effect for parents. It was so wide. It was, there were so many things to think about that I was mm-hmm. like, I can't, I can't Chant. add one more thing, mm-hmm. right? To like, I already have enough that I have to think about and worry about. And like, my brain is like, you know, you you talk about my this brain, brain. My it's brain like, has truly diminished. I didn't 
I, I mean, I don't want to like play into the stereotype of, of women being incapable, but there have been some things I've done recently where I'm like, I need to be stopped. Like, well, I read, I read this I, thing I that like the other day our- and was like, I should not be driving like this. Like, just like the things I was doing, I was like, oh my God. Like I had a like come to my- moment in the car by myself. I was like, Sometimes John looks at me and he's like, you want to switch? I'm like, yeah. Because like, the yes. funny thing is like, I'm the driver. I love to drive. And he'll be like, like um, I don't know if today's the day that you should be driving. <laughs> I like, I notice myself like getting more distracted mm-hmm. when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. And it, finding words for me has been really difficult. I was talking to someone like about, we were talking about like buying a house or something. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, there's no land tax. And my friend Kate looked at me and she was like, land tax? I was like, you know, the tax you have to pay because you own a house. <laughs> and she looked at me, she goes, property, property tax? tax? I was like, I was like, I was like, yes, that, I was that like, one, that's yeah. correct. I was like, that's correct. I was like, this isn't like Thanks 1812. for coming to Homeownership 101. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I guess this isn't like, yeah, I was like, yes. It's called a property tax. I was like, clearly I don't own a home yet. And maybe it's not the time for me to start because I obviously don't know what, what the fuck it's called. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, like, it's so much and it's so much change in like your brain. And like, I, I've found that like, I, I've had to draw like really clear lines when it comes to like work and when I parent because mm-hmm. I can't switch my brain as much anymore. Like it's so like, I used to be able to like multitask, do like all these things. And now I'm like, I cannot like work and have the TV on in the background. Like if I'm working, I need to be like tunnel vision, like blinders on, like here I am. Because I just, it's like become so much harder because there's so many more things that take up this like emotional load and bandwidth. And it's like this invisible to-do list that I have in my head. That is like, when did she last eat? When was her last diaper change? Is she tired? Is she hungry? How long was her nap? Um, do I have enough formula? What's Lee's gonna eat? What is Lee gonna eat for dinner? Does he have to pick? Who's gonna pick my right? From and that's it's, what I was gonna it's, say. I mean, it's like, how has it been doing it all again? But now, with another ch- like, you know, I, you called so, you Facetimed me the other day, and you also like, also like Mason's out of town, and I'm like, you've two kids alone. <laughs> in this state by yourself I'm like get off the phone to me for one (laughs) I you know I I I have my postpartum has been I've had a lot more frequent dark moments with Lila than I had with Lee and I I think it's like a couple reasons one because I didn't realize how much I was going to be mourning having Lee as my only child like knowing that like, you know, in the first like couple of weeks, like we had a rough like couple, we had a rough first month when Lila was born. Lee got COVID, he got RSV, he got croup. I was like, oh my God. He got like everything he could have gotten. And this was also know, coming off here, you having a lot of kind of health yeah, I hiccups got, in the last I yeah. I had a yeah. very I had a high risk, I had a high risk pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, uh, a benign, it was a benign tumor. Um, these types of tumors are, but I had a 
what at the time they had diagnosed with what they could see a chorioangioma, so a benign tumor in my placenta. Um, And this specific kind of tumor sits right next to the umbilical cord insertion. So I had to go to the high-risk doctor weekly to get full anatomy scans of the baby and sit on the heart rate monitor for a half an hour because the risk of having that kind of tumor is that it's not cancerous or anything, but the bigger it gets, if it does grow, is that it could take one, take up space Mm -hmm. from the developing baby, um, and then it impedes the baby's growth, or two, it starts to compress the umbilical cord, which then um, decreases blood flow to the baby. So you start to risk some um, brain damage. Um, So they were like, you know, if that happens, like we got to get the baby out. So like, we're just trying to get you to 30 weeks. Mm -hmm. Like that's your goal. They're like, you need, we got to get you to 30 weeks. And thankfully I went full term and Mm -hmm. everything was fine. But um, yeah, we had a rough like first month and it was really hard. Like hearing Lee like call for me. And I couldn't go like lay with him in bed because if I got sick, I'd get Lila sick. And, you know, if your newborn gets a fever within the first four weeks of life, you, it's an immediate hospital trip and immediate spinal tap. If they pop a fever, like you have to, and that's just what they do. And so you have to be so careful. And it was when RSV was growing around and we had friends whose kids were hospitalized. It was just like really scary. And it was, um, it's scary for that, but it's also, you know, you realize your attention has to be divided now and your time, you know, I'm only one person, so I can't, you know, be two places at once or, you know, so that was really hard for me. And I didn't know how hard that was going to be. So I had like, I, I, if I had to do it again, I would have like properly mourned being like, all right, you're not my only child anymore. And like, I would have like, you know, spent more time, I guess, like sitting with that, um, beforehand as opposed to like trying to like deal with, well, I mean, it's always in hindsight, right? Like how would you, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, but yeah. it, you know, it's, it's, it was hard. It's been harder for me in that sense, in terms of you know, I've been, you know, kind of also like reconciling like my identity a lot. Like who am I outside of like mom and like work? Like who am I outside of that? Like I, Mason, who is my husband is, I know you know that I'm just saying that for everyone else. So not everyone's like, (laughs) who the fuck's Mason? Um, But we we are in therapy on a regular basis. Mm. We just graduated to every other week as opposed to every week. But when I got pregnant with Lila. I was like, we have to like be on our communication because there's going to be so much stuff that takes up our time and our brain space and energy. Like we have to be connected and on the same page. And that was really, really important. So, you know, we're like in a really good place, but I also like, I don't know. I'm lost a part of like who I am, like the thing for me, Mm -hmm. like what am I doing that is solely mine because I'm either working taking care of one of the kids or both, um, you know, with Mason or like Mason and I are making time to spend time with each other to make sure we're not kind of losing connection. But that leaves like my relationship with myself kind of on the back burner of like, what am I doing? That's like, aside from like going to get my nails done, like, what Mm -hmm. am I doing? That's like my thing. What is like my hobby, my passion, my, the thing that like, 
I feel really, really strongly about that is like a driving force of part of my identity. And I'm, I'm searching for that right now a little bit. Um, and I think and that's leaving really- a place like New York too, it's like, you know, that is such a large part of your identity when you live in a city like that. And when you, and I didn't get to properly leave. Mm-hmm. I left before I was ready. Oh, I feel you. You know, I yeah. was like, I want to go back, but with like a kid or two kids now, it's like, mm-hmm. it's so hard. It's so expensive. Like mm-hmm. just taking a sick kid to the doctor's like, yeah, I need an Uber. You, gotta do, like, well, you need a car now and it's got mm-hmm. a parking spot. I can't do it. So yeah, I, you know, I'm lucky enough. I, I get to go back once a month, but, um, you know, that was, and I'm somebody who like, I love New York. I would have stayed there <laughs> forever. Yeah. I would have lived in the Lower East Side for the rest of my life. I fucking love New York. Right next to me. <laughs> and right next to you, walking to all our spots. And I, you know, I love New York. I still, when I go back, I'm like that silly, like, person on the street you see, like, with this huge grin on her face with her AirPods in, like, listening to music or a podcast. I'm, like, walking. I'm just, like, so happy mm. to be there. But you know, things change. And I think, you know, that was a part of my identity that I felt like was really ripped away and without like cause, right? There was nothing I did. It was just kind of the state of everything else. And so I have to reconcile what that looks like and how I'm going to, you know, find things outside of, you know, my obligations that really fuel me. I'm like a big, big believer in that, like, you know, you have to have something for yourself. I think like you and your partner need things that you do together, but I also think you guys, like everybody needs the thing that they do. Like that's just for them. Yeah. Because, you know, not just for yourself, but also knowing that like you're being a mom now, like my kids are watching me. I want them to have a strong sense of self and what they love and what they want to do. And I think that that's, it's so important to show that example and also not lose that. Like I have, I have a lot of friends whose parents got divorced, like after they went to college because they sat down, they were like, I don't know if I like you. Mm-hmm. And, and you anymore. guys have been together for so long. Yeah. We have been together for how many years? Is it? It'll be four, 14 years this wow. summer. We're about, we're coming up on our ninth wedding anniversary. Incredible. Yeah. So, you Any know, it's for a happy, living, successful um, There, expect there will be seasons. Things will be great. Things will be not so great. Things will be fun. Like there, there is a, there are so many different seasons to go through. It truly is like, you know, a roller coaster. And there's, again, I think there's a lot of factors to that. It's, you know, what you're both going through individually and then together as a couple. And, you know, there's a lot of, I think, circumstances and factors and you know that are outside just the initial relationship but I think what we have both found is really really helpful for us and truly like Mason and I like communicate very differently we are the definition of opposites attract like he would stay home and you know smoke a joint on the couch and like you know talk about cars mm-hmm and like starting businesses like all day and I'm like I gotta get the great he can talk to John about the defender I yeah. put him on a I put him on a timeout 
I put him on a. a what is it about this okay. defender, dude? I this morning he started again, and I said, "Oh, it's eight thirty. You already used your quota up." I'm so sad for you. It's 8.30 and you've used your allowance of, of how much you can talk about this. Because def- he's such a Libra that like he, when he wants something, it's like all he talks, he just talks about it it's- from day to night. And I look at him and I look at him on his phone and he's on like one of the websites. Oh my God, and- that's amazing. I'm like, my guy, your baby is coming in two weeks. Um, three also weeks. like... It's like a car. He, he's like, it's the ideal family car. Like, you don't understand. You see how, like, every time I get in the car, he's like, you see how the, the seat is touching the, the car seat? He's like, this wouldn't happen in the Defender. I'm like, I cannot hear about this car anymore. It is, like, haunting in me in my sleep. I wake up and I hear the words Defender echo in my, like, brain. I'm like, that is oh, the love of God. Mason, Mason got a Bronco in the fall, which mm-hmm. I didn't hear. I... It was all he talked about for like six months. And I was like, I swear. I was like, I, I, you have a car. So you need to figure out what you're doing. This car, if you're in another, like, I can't talk about it anymore. I was yep. like, just, I made him like sign a funny little contract <laughs> for me. I was like, because he like, ever since we left the city, he's had a new car, like every like 10 months because, and he like trades it in and does like all these, I don't know what yeah. he does. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, as long as you're not spending more money and like, fine whatever that's what i said i'm like I don't care. Look, at the, look at the current payments on this one try to get them to buy us out of this keep yeah. their if you want like i'm like you figure out the math like i actually don't like i'm not one of those like care. partners where i'm like you can't do this you can't do that i'm like if you can make this sustainable and like get us out of our current situation and get this cop i like i'm fine with that don't care but don't, don't care. i don't need to hear about it from noon like from day like, dawn to dusk like it's, it's not what I want to talk about. Yeah. And he got this Bronco and he was so happy. He was so excited. Mm-hmm. And then one night, this was like, I, I actually know exactly what it was. It was exactly 45 days ago. One <laughs> night, every single light in the Bronco comes on. Every single noise the car can make goes off. The horn is going off. The like beeping of like someone's breaking into your car goes off. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, is it a ghost? I'm like, what's happening? Every light is flashing. Something happened with like a box in the car. Like get, we had to get it towed like oh the next morning. And the Bronco has been in the shop for 45 days. No. Her Nobody knows when it's I'm coming so in. Sorry, and he's like devastated. devastated. Like, and now gets to like, is like working on claiming like, lemon law which is like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. apparently yeah. like they have to buy back from you and all this stuff and so now that he's going through the lemon law process all he can talk about is the fucking defender and I'm oh like, god I'm- well if so I, will give, I will give you john's number for him to talk to you about oh, the, defender the defender and we can all take it off our plates yeah like you guys have fun with each other but <laughs> Back to my original, oh, my I original know the, question, the which was like, was, I want to yeah, know the contract. Oh, so the contract yeah. was, and he was like, I found a Bronco and it's on this lot and mm-hmm. I can get it. I talk them down on the payment mm-hmm. and I can, they're going to buy my Audi back. I was like, that's what we're in the process of doing is trying to say people want these Audi. So they're like, yes. I'm like, okay, the dealer will buy it back. He's like, the dealer's going to buy it back. I'm like, 
this process is it's <laughs> insane there's so much paperwork and he like mm. sat me down he like brought me a coffee he was like so I was like listen I was like I can't do this anymore I'm not gonna do this every like six fucking months because mm-hmm. you want a new fucking ride yeah I was like I'm writing you a fucking contract and it said I Mason Levy Let me we'll take, keep this car. We'll will we'll be will keep this car as my one and only car for the entire X lease amount term. Of time. Yeah, for the entire lease term. If I break these terms, I owe Sarah a new handbag of her choice. There is no price cap. Oh, of her choice. Great work. Of her choice. Well played. No well played. price cap. Love this for you. And I was like, I'm like, because this is so, I was like, this is so crazy. I was like, you had to. I want reparations on the amount of how much I've had to hear about this car. I I, I can't. And now he's like getting a new one. I was like, do you think Mike, I was like, he was like, is the contract still void? I was like, he was like, is the contract still legit? I was like, yeah, you're getting a new car. I was like, there's nothing in the contract about you having to do lemon law. So looks like mom is getting a new bag too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we made it. But, work yeah, that. that's the contract. So I was like, I can't deal with this. But we, Mason, and I decided, like, you know, since we're so different, our communication styles are so different, and we like, in our relationship is a priority for us. That um, you know, we really committed to therapy um, with each other. We've both done our own individual, but you know, having that time for us to connect on things that we need extra support on, um, or just that kind of, you know, when it comes to like how we want to parent and how we treat certain situations, looking at how we were both parented and not like following the same patterns, um, you know, and Mm -hmm. breaking some of the patterns that didn't serve, haven't served us as adults and how we're drawing boundaries with each of our parents, like and what that looks like, because those are really sensitive, hard conversations that can seem like, you know, well, you just don't like my parents. So you just, it's like, no, like, no, like there's things that like we, you and I are the parents, we get to set the rules when it comes to our kids. So, you know, I think especially when you bring children into the picture, it, it really helps to kind of connect on those things. So like that doesn't start to bleed into other stuff, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. that's where we talk, get to talk about that. And, you know, really, um, we've also learned to communicate in ways that the other is able to like really receive what we're saying. If it's something like negative or something, that's like not easy to say or to hear, um, that, I mean, we're still married. So exactly. So far. I actually remember, um, distinctly in New York one time you, you were like, Oh, like, Mason and I had therapy and I was like oh wait like what's wrong and you were like nothing we've just been together since college like this is and that really reframed a lot of the way I thought about things which is yeah it's not a fix it it's actually just a part of the process you don't like it's not something you bring when there's an issue it's like something that you just have so you have the toolkit so you can actually address things before they even come up which is yeah I think something that gets missed or like people don't realize yeah, and it, it took, like, I'll be honest, like, it took me a minute to convince Mason to, like, go to therapy. I bet. Because people couple. think because he that, was like, like, that's an indication that there's something wrong. wrong. Yeah. He's like, why do you always think there's something wrong? I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. think there's something wrong. But, like, again, like, 
We've been together since we were 22. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of growing up that we did as a couple and individually. And we've been through a lot together. And so I think it's important to like, I'm big on like setting yourself up for success. And that's what this is. Like, why wait until, you know, it's, it's kind of how like people, you know, America looks at medicine. It's like you take it when you're sick, but like maybe if you, you know, got your recommended 30 minutes of like movement in a day, you wouldn't have to like go on like an extreme diet or like things like that. It's like like I have insurance and take precautions with my car, with my life, with my health, with everything. It's like, why would I not do it with my relationship, which is the most important thing in, in, in my life? Important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And as you bring little BB into the world, like it's you two are like the most important people in the world for her and are like how you two interact and the relationship you have with each other. She's going to see that. Like it's insane how much Lee like copies. And the other day in the car, he goes, he asked Mason where the Bronco was and Oh my gosh. It's in the shop. You know, it's in the shop. It's, it's, in, it's in the shop. Like, he's like, Mommy, I don't why know. is Daddy sad? He, he like loves, he also loves cars. So I'm like, great, that's going to be your thing. And I'm going to go over here. And he goes, I goes, I want a Bronco just like Dada. And it was like, he wants to be like him. And I was he like, could. this is why, this is why we like work on ourselves, why we like speak to each like, you know, have to watch how we speak to each other when we're frustrated, how we handle difficult situations. It's because he's watching and they're always watching. And so I think that like knowing that too also really like reframed like how I look at our relationship. Like we have to be good if we want them to be good. Like there's no, there's no other choice. That's definitely, I think, a a generational thing that our, that did not I mean, maybe I can just speak to this personally, but that did not happen for me as a kid. And I'm so self-conscious of it because I think especially as like first generation immigrants, like our parents were like putting food on the table, getting you opportunities, getting you like the bare minimum, right? And that type of stuff was like an afterthought, not even like something they had the luxury to think about. And so obviously as you become a parent and you look back to like, your parents and like how you can take from them like what worked what didn't what like you want to improve on I'm like oh wow like we didn't that was not something I had but also I understand why because I could see that they were so bogged down with the other stuff that that they couldn't even like that wasn't even something they could consider right yeah like and yeah like my my mom is first generation um, she's an immigrant. She just became a citizen and her and my dad like took turns putting each other through school. My dad grew up in inner city Detroit. He's like one of nine. He was like, you know, always kind of took care of himself and he was the second oldest. So it was like on him to take care of like a lot of his siblings. And so my parents worked their asses off and I my mom is bilingual and she's she's Japanese and um she at one point in her career was the head of the Asia Pacific division for Ford, Ford Motor Company and wow she had to work on she had to work on the Asia time zone mm-hmm. so that meant that like her conference calls were from 7 to 9 p.m. and she was at work 
this was not a work from home situation. Mm -hmm. This was like, she was at the office. Right. And because it was, that's when Asia was getting to work. And, you know, they had to, you know, those people were coming in early and she was staying late and it's just, it, it is what it is. And I've been like very aware of that. Like, I want to make sure that I'm like, listen, from when I pick Lee up from school, I pick him up at 4.30 till he goes to bed at 7.30. That is my time with him. I will work after. I'll like fin- wrap up my emails like after he goes to bed. I will wake up early if I need to. But like that's a boundary I set because I missed that like emotional connection with my mom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that. So it's something that like – and I know why she did it. I know why. Listen, I yeah, my parents paid for my – Judgment. No, yeah. and my parents paid for my education and I am so grateful. And I know why they did those things. There's no resentment, but I know that like I missed that part. So working really hard to like, you know, find the balance of what it means to, you know, be able to focus your time uh, on work and growing your career, but also make sure that you're meeting like or trying to meet the emotional needs of your child. Like, it's not going to be perfect every time. And, like, do my days bleed over a little bit sometimes? Like, yeah. But it's hard. So much to think about. And this is why our, our we can't handle anything else in our brains. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I can't drive anymore. <laughs> I, You know, I'm in that weird um, waiting period now where – you know how you had your month month cut off with this is like I'll cut off and if we don't make it back to New York, yeah. this is it. I'm in yeah. I'm in my window now. And so I'm watching everything as an observer that I would normally be a part of, like fashion week, freeze, this, yeah. that. Um, and I'm kind of just like sitting on the sidelines and of course like my identity is so wrapped up in those things yeah. and my work and like you know. And so I'm like yeah. just waiting for the baby and I'm like, what do I do? I, but I have so much yeah. to do. I have an endless list of things to do. Yeah. But I'm like, also, it's just this weird, like, disconnected, like, you know, totally. who am I, like, come to Jesus, like, identity crisis that I'm having. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I have so much time because I'm waiting for her to come. And I'm like, please, like, come. We're ready for you. We want you. We want you. <laughs> I'm ready to be much of the. I'm like in this limbo. So... Man, I know the last the last four the last four weeks are are tough. I think mentally and like physically, like I was very physically yeah. uncomfortable. I was oh, like, man. I was like, my fucking hips can't take this anymore. Dude, I was like I can't lay. Down. I, I can't stand. I was up the other night till like five in the morning. I was being so noisy and I felt so bad for John. The next morning, he looked at me and he goes, "You am I? I know." Because I was walking up and down. I was pacing. I was eating a bag of chips noisily I was watching bad sisters he goes all I could he was and he was like and then you'd get up and go to the bathroom then soy would wake up and this was happening intermittently till like 4 4 a.m and the next you're day just he's pre- just like, you're just prepping him for a newborn I, and I'm sitting up in like my pregnancy pillow like trying to elevate my legs so I'm taking up all the space in the bed and the next morning he's just and he's so patient about it he's just like rolls over and looks at me and he was like man I'm like I know I really breathed through it last night. Imagine how I feel. I was up, you know? So, yeah, the last few weeks, uh, we're, 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 going, we're going through it. But we're, we're also, like, in the really fun phase now of, like, finalizing, like, nursery stuff and, like, you know, like, all that really cute stuff where you, like, unpack all the yeah. clothing and everything's so small and you're like, 
a baby's going to so be in this small. little onesie. Like this I is, know. you know, the, and, and cause we did the registry and all the, everything's coming from baby list now. And we're like, yeah. unpacking everything. And then like, I like, I'm so emotional that I cry with like everything that comes in because you know, it, it, we didn't like do a wedding or engagement. So like, I've never had a registry. Mm-hmm. I've never had friends buy presents. Like, mm-hmm. and so this, like I, I go through this, this baby is so loved and so many people love her and she's not even here yet. I go through the wave of that every time I open a gift and a card that I haven't even gotten to the thank yous because I'm like so overwhelmed with By the way, emotions. I'm like, as, and as someone who sent you a gift, do not send us, no one expects I, I know, a thank I you know, note from you. I know that, but do you know that, Sarah, I opened one present, which was my my immediate girlfriend's present, um, because they like brought it into me. It was like this, they yeah. filled this like baby Bjorn with like 30 things from the registry. And I just like ugly cried. This was before the baby shower happened. And they sent me a video and I was like, they sent me the video of like me opening the present. And I like, looked at it and I was like, oh, I can't open presents today. Like I was like, I physically and emotionally cannot do this. Like, I, like, you know, and then like have small talk with people. Like it just, it was so much. And like, it, it's like such a spoiled, like privileging to, to be like, I'm slowly opening presents, but that has, and we're still in the midst of that because like, then I like read the manual and like, then I go through this, like, I know nothing phase because like, I'll open like a, a you know, like a carrier and I'm like, oh, like, how does this go on? And then I read the manual and then I have the panic that comes with the fact that I don't like, why do I not know this? And shouldn't I know? And like, why is this so complicated? And and then I have that panic and then that goes into a spiral of like, what am I going to, how many did the baby home from the hospital? <laughs> and like, just, by the way, I will tell you this. Yeah. Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Like things, the rules changed even mm-hmm. from when I had Lee. And like, also yeah. when we took Lila to her first doctor appointment, I forgot that when you take them when they're like babies, like up until like a year, oh, you, you, have to strip, you have to strip them down into a dry diaper. Mm-hmm. And I didn't bring an extra diaper. I didn't bring a fucking blanket. So here's my baby in fucking November, just like out in the cold, like, what the fuck, mom? And the yeah. doctor's looking at us and we're like, so how much is she supposed to be eating? And how often? And And she was like, it's your first baby, and we were like, nope. <laughs> uh, it's it's certainly God. not. We just conveniently blacked out and forgot everything. Yep. And it's so different all the time. And like all that matters is that you are there mm-hmm. and your baby is loved. And that is it. That is the only thing that matters, and you'll figure the rest out. And like There's every kid a is different too. Book called "Everything Is Figure Outable," <laughs> and I'm like, I always like say <laughs> that to myself. I'm like, everything's figure outable. Everything's everything. Everything. Everything is figure outable. You have got this. Namaste. You're a queen yeah. goddess, or you can do this. Because even Yo, just listen. like, like I'll like unpack something, and then I'll I'll be like looking at instructions, and my my <laughs> depleted br- remaining brain cells are like can I like even absorb this information right now? Like you sent me the Brezza bottle. One of the be- many beautiful things you sent me was the bottle woman. I'm like, looking at this, I'm like, should I learn this now? Should I learn this after? I'm like, no, I can't even like re- take in this information right now because there's so many like new appliances, diaper, warmer, Ubi, pit, and I'm like, 
it is like a whole new world of stuff like I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Even yeah. when I got like the hospital bag like checklist, I was like, why? I would be like, why is this thing on there? And then I'm like, oh, like this has to happen. Like, yeah, you have to like del- deliver the placenta after you deliver the baby. Then you have to like cord clamping, skin crawl, breast crawl, like this, that, like how, like, do I want the eye drops? Do I want that? Like, I'm just like, whoa, these are not things I and even knew I had no, to think about. And nobody tells you what, no, like, like where if you want to like, say yes or no, like, no one tells you what it's for. It's like, do you want vitamin K? Like, yes, you want the eye drops. Like, yeah, everyone should get the eye drops. We declined Hep B. Yeah. Because Hep B is basically for like food and like waterborne illnesses. Right. And like, they're already getting a ton of shots. Like, bitch isn't fucking eating like, you know, potatoes at a restaurant. Yeah. So. I, we till. like wait yeah like yeah. we waited yeah. for both of them to do a happy which is like they're they're just so little and they're getting so many shots and like they just came out of the womb yeah and but also then you're overwhelmed with the infant the responsibility of okay I have to make this decision now and yeah. this is I'm responsible for this other life that depends on this decision I'm gonna make which has potentially fatal repercussions like it's so much to carry. And what I realized is there's so much other stuff that no one's talking about, which is why I love that we get to have this conversation because, because everyone's posting their pregnancy outfits and photo shoots, which like, by the way, I have also done. And I always comment when people are like, love your looks. I'm like, I've been in Hanes boxes for, you know, the entire pregnancy. And I've maybe worn like seven cute things. And these are the photos that you are seeing, like just FYI. And And I took a photo of it because I live in, I too love a Hanes boxer and the Mm -hmm. t-shirts, men's t-shirts, men's boxers. This is where I'm at right now is because I've grown out of the XXL. So what I do is I wonder if I, I'm going to show you, hold on guys. This is the, this is the last thing we're going to do on the episode today because it, we cannot, this is the low, this is the bottom of the barrel. Like it can't get any lower than this. Oh, this, this, this one's fruit of loom. So um, <laughs> I have graduated to the largest size that they actually make, but I'm still outgrowing it. So I've cut holes in the elastics that's actually so smart though yeah so now I'm like at the fine I'm like the baby can't grow anymore because like I'm in the biggest size they make and there's little like elastic cuts throughout the entire boxer and this has been my uniform like I have worn these every day of the pregnancy I have graduated from every possible size and I'm now at the absolute max size where there's no way to grow so I'm literally cutting little little like loops into the elastic so so the stretch this is where I'm this is this is my body This is this is it. This so is when it. People so, are like, I love this. You've slayed pregnancy girl with all your looks. I'm like thinking about this, like this sad piece of pair of boxes hanging on by thread that's little like incisions everywhere. That John's had to see me in for like the entire pregnancy. I, I that that I own in every color. And I'm like, yeah, like love, TikTok love video you. coming up tutorial of how to cut these like little <laughs> elastic things very soon. TBD, TBD. How, how to make your boxers last throughout pregnancy. Because I'm also like done buying new sizes. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Finish. And there's no, Finish. Uh, there's no new size for me to graduate to. So I'm like, I'm just going to have to like cut into these and like stretch them out physically. So I'm like stretching out every elastic band like, 
Um, and that's seriously where my head goes when someone's like, I love this like outfit you wore. Like you've been so put together this pregnancy. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank actually, you. I'll take it because the reality is so far from that that I'm like, hmm. Um, and so on that note, now I've shown you guys my like disgusting boxes that have been hacked into with like kitchen scissors. Um, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on and sharing and being so open with all your experiences with us. We are so excited to try the new digital platform. There is information also in the episode description bio on with a direct link on how you can access it and use your special code unhinged for all our listeners um thank you for coming on the show thank you for having me we're gonna love and leave you guys if you've liked this episode if you've liked any of the episodes feel free to leave us a loving review and until next time ciao for now